Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It's great to have you on the program as always, and we hope you had a great holiday. This episode is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company. You know there's at least one person you forgot to buy a gift for, so go check out scaboapparel.com and pick out something good. On today's episode, Raleigh and I discuss Christmas, the Jets game, and then bring on reoccurring guest Dave Bryan of SteelersDepot.com to break down the battle we have this Sunday. Let's go. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That was going to sneeze. All right. You can bring it in. Kevin, did you think it was going to be that easy? Did you think that the Cleveland Browns were just going to waltz into the playoffs with no emotional roller coaster attached? I'm not talking to you. I mean, I'm asking you since you're here, but I'm talking to everyone, really. Sure didn't, Raleigh. Sure <laughs> didn't. We, we all knew something was going to happen to you know, bring the heart rate back up, back to that normal Browns BPM of, what, about 180? I don't really know what a high heart rate is, but something high. Uh, 60 is like, 60 to 90 is like resting. 60 to 80 is like resting. Anything over like 100 is like, eh. I have a history of heart thing, so I, I know that stuff, unfortunately. Anyway. Um, well, that's, well, that's convenient for this analogy. Yes. So, so 130, 130. We're back to 130. Um, yeah, let's get into it. We uh, Before we talk about the Brown stuff, the kick in the balls that happened. Uh, I'm the Dogs Sunday. of War podcast with Kevin oh, and Raleigh. Dog- yeah, we got to say that. Dogs of War podcast, Raleigh and Kevin. Kevin and Raleigh, holla. We here. Um, how was Christmas? Christmas was good, man. Um, you know, obviously it was very different for everyone this year. But I have no complaints. We got to have, you know, just the immediate family all in one house. All of us have had COVID, so there wasn't really any need to be concerned or worry about anything there. So that was nice and relaxing. I I don't know if it just – does everyone – does this happen with everyone with age, or am I just a loser where I love opening up, like, new socks and, like, briefs and undershirts and clothes? That's like, these are trips I have to make to the store now. You're not alone with that, Kevin. And the reason I asked that question about Christmas, I didn't really care about – you know what you did with your family i'm talking presents baby because i get jacked as a we are a family friendly podcast yeah. why we have to talk about the family of course. yeah family's sick health happiness i'm happy everyone's doing okay but this year gift wise i cleaned up on the receiving and the giving of the present <laughs> i am still high-fiving myself for what became uh before we get into that quick shout out to the untaid intern sebastian who ran my fantasy football team and we won so good job sebastian uh, i will be sending you a i don't know a gift card to applebee's or something of that nature we, got, we did get him a nice hoodie from zabel apparel for christmas yeah so sure. get him probably get him something that's not that yeah i'll get him something sick probably just cash whatever anywho christmas so things that i got from my parents, the biggest box in the room 
You know, when you're a little kid and you see a giant box and you're like, oh, shit, what is this? Oftentimes, those large boxes are underwhelming. So I was thinking, like, what is it, shelves or something? You know, I'm an adult in body, but I don't want or shelves. Va- or a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, yeah, vac- yeah, vacuum cleaner. That doesn't really do it for me. It was a Cleveland Browns Wilson golf bag, and it's sick. Ooh, so stand I, or cart? Uh, stand. It's got the stand, the ex- Beautiful. What do you mean a cart? Like, I didn't get a golf cart. You and I both caddied for over a decade. There's a stand bag and a cart bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand bag. Sorry. My bad. Correct. Anywho, so that's what I got. Plus, like, a Browns crossword puzzle. It was sick, but not as sick. And some Brown slippers from Kate's sister, Molly. Shout out, Molly. Do but, not wear – no, but but I forbid you to wear those slippers this season over those socks. Don't be switching up any of the juju now. That's yeah, that's you, you pun intended. Yeah, I'm not touching them on game day. Okay, um, good. Don't get me wrong. But so the giving of the presents. So I told Kate that she's going to be getting something sweet because it sucks whenever you're married or you have a significant other. It's like, what do we get each other? Like, I, I don't know the first thing to get. It's like another pair of Lululemons, you know, spend enough money where it's a good gift. But how often can you be thoughtful, whatever? So here's what I did she opens the box. And it's an Xbox controller. (laughs) And she wanted to kill me. And I said, this way, because now, long story short, the headphones that I have for the Xbox, they were, like, not compatible with the controller I was playing with. So she would hear me, like, talking into the TV and hearing all the sound effects with my buddies. So I'm like, babe, I got me an Xbox controller so you don't have to hear me when I'm playing with Party and the boys crushing it in Fortnite. She's around my family, and you can see the look of pure hatred in her eyes. I think she was contemplating divorcing me for like 30 seconds there. But then I said, oh, is there something else in the bottom of that box? And then underneath some tissue paper that I placed strategically was like a little comic book, like a meme booklet, if you will. Did you ever see the Peloton commercial, the controversial one? Oh, yeah. With the lady? Yeah. It's basically a this really hot lady gets a Peloton from her husband and the controversy was like, she was already in shape or why did you do? I don't even know the controversy, but it was a thing. And so I made a still frame from that commercial and it shows the lady and she has her eyes closed for Christmas. And she says, I can't wait to see what Santa got me. And then she opens (laughs) her eyes and she has a crazy look. She says, wow, Santa got me an Xbox controller. He's a selfish piece of shit. And then it shows the guy. The guy goes, yeah, babe. Plus, I got you a Peloton. Boom, I got her a Peloton. So you got her. Oh, she thought she was getting the controller, the headphones, and it's actually a Peloton. That's that's a hell of a move. I got to give credit where due. That's dope. So now you're doing what I started doing. Well, I learned to start doing this year is get gifts for people that you can also benefit from and use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. That was another part of like the, but not that you and I, you and I don't need, and not, not that Kate, I'm not saying Kate does either, but you and I don't really need a Peloton because our bodies are perfect. You don't get bodies like these overnight. Like I don't need a Peloton to look this good. I'll do it. I still do it, but that's incredible though. Yeah. You know what? I found a a great, and here's a tip for all you youngins out there of legal age. Of course, Uh, you get the $25 set of four Moscow mule mugs off Amazon prime. They're like beautiful Moscow mule mugs, perfect copper, you get a little bottle of Tito's, free ad, some ginger beer. Anyone wants, even if they already had a Moscow Mule gift bag is like a home run gift 
not just for Christmas, for any gift, holiday, birthday. So I learned that this year. I gave like three or four of those away. That's my new thing moving forward. Oh, I like that. I'm going to do that next year. It's perfect. That's, uh, but yeah, basically, uh, it covered a lot of things that I try to scheme for when doing Christmas presents, specifically with Kate. One, can I use it? Two, make sure you make it super dramatic so it like inflates the awesomeness of the present by getting her a present that you're actually also going to use for yourself. Yep. Shout out Xbox controller. And, uh, oh, if you actually got her, there's actually a new controller in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I thought you like wrapped one of your current. Okay, okay, I got it. No, nah, no, nah, it's a new Xbox controller, and that's for me. So just a big win all around. And, you know, I, I, I didn't think anything could happen to my weekend to put a damper on it, but let's get into the Browns, baby. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. And hey, like you said when we started the episode off, the gall of some folks around here. And again, I've said this on every episode. The thing I love the most is that we wait until a few days after the game to record our episode so we don't shoot right from the hip and lose our minds. We let it digest for a little bit, let it settle. But the gall of people who thought that we were just going to walk into the playoffs with absolutely no issues, unscathed. So much has happened in the last few days. <laughs> the 12 hours before the Jets game. Let's start there. Where were you? I think you, you, you and I were texting each other when, it, like, when we found out that our entire half our team was just not playing because of COVID. I, I was in the process of telling my story about the Peloton to all my relatives and stuff the following day when I got hit with the, hey, alert, Cleveland's entire defense, uh, receiving core doesn't have COVID but was exposed to B.J. Goodson who has COVID. They're all hot tubbing or something. They're in like the cool tubs or the hot tubs. Yeah, they're in the recovery tubs after. They weren't. They weren't like out. They weren't clubbing. They were tubbing. Yeah, and it's yeah, it was a recovery hot tub. They're doing what they're supposed to do, taking care of their bodies. Should probably just spread it out a little more next time. Uh, I think they got dinged with the proximity beeper. Yeah. So, uh, I think was it Baker when he was on the podcast uh, over the summer? I, whoever it was when they were talk, telling us about maybe it was Emily was explaining it to us actually Emily Mayfield that all the players on all the teams in the NFL, they wear those lanyards. And if you go within six feet of someone, it kind of like beeps and lets you know you're too close. And then also with that, so if someone tests positive, they can take those IDs and then see exactly who you were close to the last few days or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we got the news that literally I, – I, at first I, I remember got like a text or someone across the room was like, oh, Jarvis is on the list for COVID. I was like, oh, shit, okay. But then in a matter of like I think five minutes, it went from that to every single starting wide receiver is out of the game. Uh, and then they announced, you know, was it that night or the next one that Jed Wills is also going to be out because he's sick. He was still testing negative, but just I guess he just got legit sick. Who else are we missing? Uh, we were just uh, Teller, Teller was still out. Teller's still out, but just but he's supposed to be practice uh, today is Wednesday. You're listening to this. He's supposed to be back today, or they're hopefully he's back today. Um, so that went to hell real quick. And you know, granted, people will say well, it's just the Jets. Look. 12 hours before a game starts, people don't, I don't know if people realize, like, you, you don't just, there's a, a game plan. You hear the word game, her words game plan all the time. A game plan is, like, derived with what you have against who you're going against. This is something, like, it changes every single week for a reason. You can't just take half our offense away 12 hours before and then expect us just to walk in and be like, oh, we're cool. We're just like we're playing a game of 500 in the backyard. Uh I, you, everyone's already knows this by now, but the 
the plane so a whole bunch of shit went wrong i guess the plane was like four or five hours late to take off from cleveland for whatever reason so they're already behind there and then when they got to new york or new jersey wherever they're staying the next morning stefanski took the offense to a parking garage next to the hotel to try and just run a few plays because they i I think baker had like just met some of these guys they call off a few guys in the practice squad like that morning think about that 7 a.m it's probably 13 degrees in new york and new jersey and like baker's introducing himself to these receivers from the practice squad and now he's like okay we have to go play the jets in a few hours so i need to go run these few plays here so to do that to drop that and like i told you off mic Stefanski is so cerebral and just so smart that if you would have just given this guy just even 24 hours to figure something out, you know, a lot of things could have happened. But of course, you know, they had to do their Saturday walkthrough on Zoom because of all the COVID stuff. Um, so that was just an absolute worst case scenario. But again, like like we said, if you think that the Browns were just going to keep sneaking by without something like this happening. Now, hey, and, and let's just be, let's make very clear here. We've read it. The team has said it. Uh, Baker said it when he was on the, the podcast a few months ago. There's not a team that takes COVID more seriously than the Browns. Like they are like the, the model franchise for how they handle everything and have been all year. That's why we haven't had any big crazy stuff happen like other teams have. So it just it's it's 2020, man. This is where we live in. All right. Now I'm mad again thinking about I was while you were speaking. So I was looking up like you said, if Kevin Stefanski would have had one more day, two more days, just more than 12 hours, I think that would have mattered. And I was like looking up like, what the hell happened? I know that there were all a bunch of games pushed back this year. Mm-hmm. And so I Googled that and this article came up. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but here we go. It's here's a synopsis. Week four, Pittsburgh Steelers at Tennessee Titans moved Sunday, October 4th to Sunday, October 25th due to multiple COVID, yada, yada, yada. New England Patriots at Kansas City Chiefs moved from Sunday, October 4th to Monday, October 5th. That's both in week four. Week five, Buffalo Bills at Tennessee Titans moved Sunday, October 11th to Tuesday, October 13th. Two days. Week six, there's like three different teams there. And then I stopped reading. There were like all of these other weeks and it's like boring if I read them all, but long enough that just gets me pissed off. Like, why couldn't they throw the Browns a bone? Like, we, I realized we didn't what, test what? positive, but I guess they still hate us because of Bottlegate. So I'm with you 100%, and I, I do think that there needs to be uh, – I mean, look, we don't make excuses here. The team doesn't. The team said Baker and Stefanski uh, – remind me, we are got to get to Baker's press conference too because I have a lot to – that's my rant of the week is that. Uh, look, you know, I, I was reading and listening to people talk about it, and unfortunately – the league will only cancel or, move, or it's not cancel, postpone a game or move a game if there's positive cases enough. We had all those players out, but they were all negative for COVID. They were just exposed, and the virus can take a few days to actually come out if, if, for some people, right? So, um, unfortunately, the league says, hey, if there's no positives, you need to show up and play. Um, obviously, money talks, and that's what – the league is doing so it sucks it's not fair 2020 isn't fair i was just as pissed as everyone else um but here's where we are and yeah. here's where's what happened because of that all right two silver linings before we get into it because this that's been the theme of this year silver linings one kind of cool that jarvis and all the receivers are hanging out grant i wish they'd uh, spread out a little bit more but that screams chemistry that mm-hmm. screams locker room chemistry they're all buddies 
it just happened to be exposed to another buddy that has COVID. So bummer, but you know, see where I'm going with the silver lining. Two silver lining. I hope we kick the living shit out of the Steelers on Sunday, but I could hug every one of them. Well, give them a figurative hug from more than six feet away for them winning this past Sunday, because if they don't win that game, our playoff chances are hell of a lot less than what they are now. Right now we are in a situation where we control our own destiny. Winning in baby. Winning in out and probably out, but at least there's that. So yeah, an emotional game coming up. Uh, It's going to be a, me checking the all of us checking the internet for updates pretty much every day from then till now um you're gonna hear about things as they unfold on the friday five shout out us for doing that yeah it's uh shame on us for tricking ourselves into thinking we're gonna stroll into the playoffs so shout out out us for doing that on a christmas day release too no other podcast does that a lesser podcast wouldn't do that that's for damn sure yeah yeah that's Uh, uh so let's I mean let's just get to it. We can't uh we can't hide from it. Unfortunately, we already have what three guys as of tonight. Tonight we're recording this on Tuesday on the COVID protocol right now. Uh we got Sandejo. We have allegedly Carl Joseph is now on it, and I'm missing one more. Uh Sandejo. Oh, Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant. Wait, wait. He's back, I thought. Is he no oh, Harrison. I was thinking I always get him and Ronnie Harrison confused. Same. My bad. So but here's what people need to understand, and I know that there's differences here. Like the COVID, the COVID protocol is kind of the overarching umbrella thing here. Yes, if you have, if you're positive for COVID, you're off for a little while. If you are exposed to someone positive, you have to test negative five straight days from the day you were exposed to it to then be able to play. So let's say that what today's Tuesday. As long as these guys say they got exposed today, which is the, the they could have gotten exposed yesterday or two days ago. When we found out Jed got exposed last week, he had actually got exposed two days before they even announced it, right? So he was already, you know, it was third day of testing. So let's say that all three of these guys got exposed today. They tested negative today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's five straight days. They can come back for Saturday walkthrough, Sunday morning walkthrough, and still play. It, it would be the the best case scenario here. I think people understand that because people keep seeing these on, and they're not explaining what well, they see it on Twitter. They go COVID protocol and they go shit. They're out for two weeks. No, it's if they're not positive, it's just five days straight of negative tests from the exposure date. Yeah. Real quick, do you have any update on Jedrick Wills? Because they said he was out with a non-COVID illness, dude. Whenever I hear non-COVID illness, yeah, I'm thinking bullshit. It's COVID. Yeah, well, so and that's why we're we're done with our our COVID speculation because I think remember the one week I did the Friday Five, I said Miles will be back in practice tomorrow because that's what all the, that's what all the reporters said, and then he ended up testing positive like the next day. Uh, <laughs> we said I said on the, that was the the first one we did. Yeah, it was. I said I said on the the Friday Five this past week, Christmas Day Friday Five, that uh, Jedrick Wills should I repeat should I said that exactly should be playing on Sunday. He's out. Um, but to answer your question, the only thing I've seen so far is that he actually flew separate from the team to New York for this Jets game. Um, when he got there, they said he was not – as of then, he was still testing negative for COVID. But just from what I read and from what people are speculating, just felt like shit. Just had like started coming with you know symptoms that may or may not be COVID. They're not going to release much about that. So they flew him back or, or put him somewhere just to, to rest up and get better. But that's the thing. Like Miles – Miles didn't feel well when he was off, you know, before he tested positive, 
Miles felt like shit. He kept testing negative. And then like, you know, four or five days after is when he tested positive. Um, it just happens to be the day after we recorded our first Friday five. Um, God, I hate this. So dude, I don't know. I mean, there's just, there's just no, you know, it's just such a vague gray area that no one knows. So we have to wait till what is today? Tuesday. Um, we should have a report to Wednesday. So today, if you're listening to the podcast, the day comes out, we should have an update today on the wide receivers. And if they're going to be ready to go, it's there tomorrow. All righty. Oh, and before we get into it, we have a couple of apologies to make. Um, I believe that we share the blame for the loss on Sunday. One, we didn't make predictions for the score on the week prior to that podcast, as we've done every other week, the predictions that we make that affects the game's outcome. We, I predict a blowout. We forgot to do it. And then the Browns lose. That may not be the entirety of it, but it definitely adds up. It's a factor. Uh, two, this is on me. I butchered the egg chug the day of the game. I tried to do it with uh, a boot from home, like a glass boot. And glass boot? Yeah, it didn't go down well. I, it was bad. I had to redo it, but I felt bad mojo as soon as I did that. Never again. I will do it the normal way from now on. Okay, and- because to, to add to my apology for that, there was the first game I didn't watch from my couch in Chicago. Yep. And shame on you. Yeah. So that that too. I was worried if that was now that you say that about the the different mug and the different kitchen you were in. Yeah. This is definitely a lot of falls on our shoulders here. And uh, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, neither did I. I will never be watching a game at my uncle's house again. As much as I love hanging out with him and the family. On uh, three, I didn't start the game wearing the uh, orange pajama pants. Those have been a big factor too. I sprinted home at halftime. We kind of stopped the bleeding. Once I switched, but it wasn't enough to uh, close out the game. So that's on us, guys. Fear not. We will be locked, loaded, and focused as hell this upcoming Sunday. Do we want to really even try and dissect any of the Jets game? I think people, or have we talked about it into the ground yet? Yeah, no, it was a shit show. Like, you're missing half of your O-line and receivers. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. How, yeah, half yeah. the O-line was also gone. Uh, receivers that Baker's probably never thrown to before or never met. That is insane. Um, The jets, they wanted to win. They, yeah, they have two wins now, but every team in the NFL is still a team in the NFL. There are no such things as uncontested layups in this league. And and when people say stuff like, you know, a few weeks ago, Oh, Alabama could beat the jets right now. No, they couldn't. They would, exactly, get, they would get mercilessly slaughtered. Exactly. That's what I'm – it's kind of a – kind of related, but not. I just want to throw that in there. But Baker – I mean, there's not so much you can do. When you literally wake up the morning of a game and don't have an O-line, any of your receivers, uh, you just – what are you going to do? I mean, again, and they – him and Stefanski came out and said, we had all the pieces we needed to win. It's nothing on the guys that weren't here. We could have won. Um but no, that, that was the football gods coming in yep. and smiting us on that day. There was nothing that we could have done to stop that, and it just it just happened. But we but will overcome. You can't write this ending to the season, twenty twenty, godforsaken year for this franchise. Should just have to be. I don't care if it's their their C squad. If we beat the Steelers, we go to the playoffs. You can't you can't get any better than that. Yeah, I agree. As a Brown fan, you just, you cannot get any better than that. And what what I really, really, really do believe for the first time is these players truly do understand 
how big the situation, how big the rivalry of the situation, and how much the city, even though we haven't been able to be there all year, looks at me and you for a few times, no big deal. You know, they still can feel and hear the fans and, and how much that it means to the city. And they say it all the time, which is awesome. Um, and like you said um, on the interview that we're going to get into here next, or, or no, uh, we're talking about the hot tubs, that these guys are all hanging out and liking each other. Like they actually do like each other. When Baker put up that Instagram uh, the other day, after the game, you know, yet all the other team teammates were like reposting it and commenting on it. Like, we got you six. Let's roll. We've ne- and I've said this a thousand times on this podcast this season. We've never had a team that actually likes each other like this before. In the Kareem Hunt interview. I think that like came out today. He was asked about Baker Mayfield's performance or something like that. And he said, you know what? He's got my back and I got his. It's like, yes. Enough said. It's just, I almost teared up. So for my, but for my rant about Baker's press conference, uh, you know, he, I, I haven't seen his press conference post game. Uh, from what I read and heard on the radio is that he sat down, he gave like a, you know, a, a monologue. Just he told his side or he said his comments and got up. He didn't take questions, just walked away. And some people were trying to, um, to give him shit for that. Can we? And. We said this the first episode of this podcast when we first came out with it over what, a year and a half to whatever it was. One of the reasons we wanted to start this podcast is because of how God awful we felt a lot of the people in that press conference room are at their jobs and how they represent the Browns and how they ask questions. You people who are out there and are trying to complain about him just getting up and walking away, you guys have done nothing to earn him wanting to sit there and say this shit. And again, I'm saying this not because he, they're friends of the program, but on the program. I said this again before they ever came on this podcast, so don't even try to throw that at me. The questions that you people, not all of them, I, I said there are a lot that I like, but a lot of these people in there that ask the dumbest, dumbest, most irrelevant, worthless questions week in and week out to Baker, to coach, to everyone – you cannot then play crybaby and play all hurt that they came in, sat down, said something, and then didn't want to answer your questions. I wouldn't want to answer your questions either. And they're constantly trying to push some narrative, whatever it is, and it's it's, it's bullshit. You constantly can't, negative. You you can't add, try and act surprised or insulted when all you guys do is just give bullshit questions all year long and write your dumb, stupid tweets and stories. So you know what? I was so happy when I saw that headline that he's got but walked away because I – that was me. I'd done that weeks ago. But he's, he, more, he's more respectful than me. So He – I was really proud of him. He took – I don't think the blame falls on him, but he took it. He owned up to it. He said it all falls on me. That's what a leader does. And to quote Kareem Hunt, <laughs> to quote me quoting Kareem Hunt again, I've got his back. He's got mine. One more thing on that, because you just reminded me of something that and so my, my dad always notices this stuff and points it out. Um, and I, if you've looked in years past, well, actually, you know, you don't even have to. Since Baker started playing quarterback for the Browns, since he was a starter, if you look out on the field, when he's out on the field, even on the sideline, you know who the leader is on that field. It shows. He just, you in like, like, all other successful quarterbacks and all other leaders in any arena, sport, business, anywhere, you can tell uh, if there's a good leader or someone that's well-respected in the room or on the field or wherever it is, they stick out like a sore thumb. You know who is in control when you look out there on that field because the way these guys follow him into battle, into every one of these plays, and we've never had that with all of our 50 quarterbacks in the past before. So that is great to see. Um, 
I have nothing else to say on that that game. I am. We need to look ahead to this week. It's the biggest game. We keep saying that every week because it keeps unfortunately being the biggest game of the the, the past however long. Um, I'm ride or die. I, I'm with. I got my coach. I got my quarterback. I'm ready to roll. I don't want to talk about the Jets game anymore. I don't care. Um, let's do it. Before we get over to our interview with Dave Bryan of SealersDepot.com and talk about our upcoming game, we do want to give another quick shout out to our good friend Tom Seipel, Seipel Strong. Ooh, uh, Tom Seipel. Yeah, he, he was on the uh, podcast last weekend. Excuse me, last week. Um, let's put his GoFundMe in the link and also a link to that article. He uh, made the headlines in Cleveland. Yeah, if there's anyone who needs a playoff win, it's our buddy Tom. So Seipel Strong, look him up. Look at his Instagram. We'll put all his stuff in the, in the episode description. Tom, we're pulling for you. Nothing but the best. And we look forward to, uh, to talking to you after the first playoff game that we've had in a long time. Look forward to kicking the shit out of the Steelers this Sunday. Let's go. A long December and there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last We now welcome back onto the Dogs of War podcast, reoccurring guest, Mr. Dave Bryan. Dave is a creator of SteelersDepot.com and host of the Terrible Podcast. It's not a terrible podcast. It's called the Terrible Podcast, a Steelers podcast that can be found on all streaming platforms. It's a terrible podcast. (laughs) It it, it actually is a terrible podcast, but... Nonsense. Dave, sir, welcome back. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us. How are we doing? Hey, hey, my pleasure, guys. Great to be back with you again for, uh, I don't know, I guess this would be uh, another Super Bowl for you guys uh, uh, this week here, but uh, obviously a big big game for the the Browns, and uh, it sounds like we're going to do you you guys a solid this week. Well, that's what we're going to talk about here. First of all, you, damn you Steelers fans. So I let's get right into it. It's been a while since our first meeting this season. You were on the podcast before our first game of the year. You guys stayed undefeated, which was not that big of a surprise, until playing the Washington football team a few weeks ago, December 7th. And like I told you off mic before we came on, I would have bet, not that I own a house, I would have bet the house that you guys would have won that game with ease. But you guys lost to them and then lost the two games after that. So coming in as undefeated with a defense that is was just a rabid force of nature. What ha- just real simple. What people in Cleveland want to know, what the heck happened to you guys the last month of the season? Uh, plain and simple, uh, Ben Roethlisberger not able, you know, Ben you know, drops for one thing, uh, uh, put drops in one category because they were absolutely uh, horrendous uh, in, in, in in this last really three game stretch, uh, two and a half game stretch when it comes to drops. Now, drops are not the only reason you're going to win a football game or lose a football game, uh, although that did play a big role in those games. But uh you're plain and simple. They could not push the football down the field. Look, it, 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 you don't have to be a rocket scientist to to to, to know uh, what wins games uh, at the NFL level. You have to have explosive plays of 20 yards or longer, and you can't turn the football over. Uh, if you do, if, if you're not producing explosive plays, and if you're turning the football over, and if you're not producing turnovers on the other side, uh, and not preventing explosive plays on the other side, if you if you finish you know, negative two in what they call the tox stat, which is turnovers and explosive plays. And then the differential between the two teams uh, or the two totals of the teams in a certain game, if you lose that by minus two uh, in any given, any given game, 80% of the time, you're going to lose the football game. And, uh, 
you know, look, I mean, look, uh, the Washington game, Ben was not was not good at pushing the football down the field. Uh, Buffalo and, and Cincinnati, really, really the same instances there. You know, a quick stat for you just on the Cincinnati game alone. Uh, ben Roethlisberger attempted, I think it was 13 or 14 passes that flew 10 or more yards past the line of scrimmage. He completed just one of them, all right? You're not going to win football games if you don't get explosive plays. Now, earlier in the season, you know, the Steelers had, you know, had a lot of what, what they call catch short and run long and, and producing explosive plays. But it's so hard once teams start getting, you know, kind, kind of honing in on you that, that A, you, you're not able to complete the ball deep down the field. And B, if they start just trying to, you know, making sure they tackle the catch up underneath on those shorter routes, then it's going to set up, set you up to have to have a lot of drives where you go 10, 12, 13 plays for a touchdown. And we all know that uh, that's not the way you win football games in the National Football League. Now, on top of that, the defense has had its moments on top of it. Now, overall, the defense hasn't been been bad when you look at the sacks, when you look at the turnovers and things like that. Now, they did not force a, a turnover against the uh, the Bengals. That was key in that game. Uh, you know, but but if you're not getting the turnovers and if you're allowing the occasional explosive play like they did, uh, you know, against Washington and and obviously Buffalo and all like that. So overall, if you want to pin this loss on uh, the, the, that that string of three losses on on any side of the football, you have to pin it on the offensive side and a lot of the blame. And look, they can't run the football for crap and. Uh, they're not going to be able, if they get 120, 130 yards in a, in a game, you have to throw a parade at this point, you know, because uh, they just struggling uh, when, when it, when it comes to that aspect of it, but plain and simple, Ben Roethlisberger, not being able to push the football down the field and them not being able to run the football led played a big part in that three game losing streak. So expanding on that, Dave, uh, when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger, what's the word on the street? Is he running out of gas? Is he hurt? Um, I know he's not playing Sunday. We'll get to that, but he didn't look like himself uh, against the Bengals. He was no. nailing a lot of balls. It was kind of bizarre watching. Um, but what, what's the word? Is it just is he running out of steam? What is the one thing uh, you've obviously followed the Browns for a long time? You've seen a lot of Brown Steelers games. You've seen probably quite a few Steeler games. What is the one thing that Ben Roethlisberger has been known for throughout his career? His beating arm. the Browns and beating the Browns. <laughs> no, 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 no. Besides that, <laughs> his arm, uh, uh, his ability to extend and plays, closing right? games and closing games. He's the guy right. that you want in right. those tough game game situations. Yeah, but but let's just let's just talk about like middle of the game kind of type things. You know, how many times have you said, "Man, I can't believe Ben Roethlisberger made that play." The extending the play, the the throwing two guys off of him, and and holding, you know, uh, extending the play and, and and throwing throwing the ball down to a, to to a wide receiver five seconds after the ball has been snapped. When's the last time you've seen those kind of plays from Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't watch. I my attention goes to the Browns, okay, and the Steelers when they're on prime time, really, uh, or the Steelers when they most recently lost to the Bengals. And I'm just all I could say is that he didn't look like himself. I have no idea. You're the Steelers guy, right? What's right. What's wrong he, with his ass? 
Uh, he, he, you know, he's not, he's not, he, if you go back to the 2000, start at the 2018 season, he hasn't been able to connect down the field either. His, he's, you know, father time is undefeated. He's 38 years old. He can't escape the pocket like he used to and all. Uh, the explosive plays are, 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 are what missing. And obviously you, you no longer have Antonio Brown as part of that offense, uh, who made a lot of plays after the catch, uh, uh, you know, during the last couple of seasons, he was, uh, with the Steelers, uh, He's having to become more of a cerebral quarterback now. He's he's having to try to win games uh with with getting a firm understanding of what the defense is showing him and and, and making quick reads and and occasionally throwing down the down the field on the outside against cover one. He hasn't been able to consistently do that. And when you ask your quarterback, really any quarterback, to drop back game in and game out and throw the football 40 to 50 times, you just set yourself up to uh, to uh, to fail. And then throw in on top of it, not having a running game to lean on at all. Uh, it, it's just a combination of everything. And you know, it is it is troublesome. I there, I don't think there's anything so much wrong with his arm. You know, obviously coming off the elbow surgery and all like that. Look, he's not throwing the ball 60 yards anymore like he did three, four, five years ago. But he's still got some. I think we sh we we saw in that game against the Colts, he's got some zip on it uh, uh, still. Uh, it's just his ability to throw the football down the field has not been there consistent consistently. Now, if there was an upside to it, we did see that in the second half against the Colts, okay? So that was the positive there. But the previous games ahead of that, uh, yeah, look, he's coming to the end, end, end of the road. Is that going to be after the 2021 season? It very well could be. Uh, you know, he's, he's, signed, he's signed through the 2021 season. Assuming he stays healthy, uh, that, that might be it. Dave, I was reading some of the Pittsburgh writers. I can't think of who exactly. Um, you know, one thing, you guys will never talk bad about Big Ben. I, don't, I mean, rarely, if ever. I've never seen it. But some people that I saw were saying, you know, I've covered Big Ben since his first game in a Steelers jersey, and that Bengals game was the worst game of his career, in their opinion. Would you agree with that? It was one of the worst ones. You have to go back, and uh, he's had some bad games. You know, the five five interception game against the Jaguars. Well, he's been down. He's been down before. Like that's why, even like in the fourth quarter, I'm like, all right, we've seen this script a hundred times with Big Ben. He'll he'll find some way to come out of this, and of course, piss all of us Browns fans off. But it, that one game for just him, not the team, was it his worst game you've ever seen? Man, I'm I'm fifty something years old, and I've seen uh, I've seen all, <laughs> I, I've seen every one of them since two thousand and four, and you know I do have a good memory when it comes a lot of them. Uh, I will say this: it, 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 it's in the top five. How's that? You know, I, I don't. You know, I would have to go back and and, and refresh my memory on, on on a few. Um, I mean, he's had bad games. I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves. But uh, the fact it goes back to that stat that I told you one of one of fourteen uh, 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 on passes thrown more than ten yards down down the field. I mean, you're you're not going to win ball games doing that, you know. And, and uh, that that was the most concerning aspect of that game. And plus, he missed a couple receivers, you know. Uh, Claypool running down the seam uh, a, a couple times missed him. Uh, 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 you know, throwing throwing the deep ball in that situation was it bad? Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to say it was his, it, it's worst of his career, but. It's definitely it was definitely up there. We missed a lot of we missed uh, some receivers on Sunday too. Actually, all of them. 
So I understand <laughs> what, what, what you mean there in another way. Looking ahead to this Sunday's game, Dave, you know, Tomlin is notoriously silent on injuries and his roster. Um, you know, he's like Belichick at the press conferences. He said today or yesterday, uh, Big Ben's going to sit for the Browns game. Who else should we expect not to play? Are, are all the starters going to start and then maybe they come out if you guys get up? What's happening with this roster? Who should we expect to be sitting out on Sunday? All right. Well, you know, as you know, uh, in, in today's COVID landscape, uh, you can you can elevate two players a week from the practice squad if you want to, and you can technically go into uh, into game day with a uh, uh, a fifty five man roster, and if you dress eight offensive linemen in total, then you can dress 48 players in total. So, and then that would leave you with a seven man inactive list. So they will have seven men that more than likely they will, they will elevate a couple of kids from the practice squad. Uh, and that will allow them to have a seven man inactive list. We already know Ben's going to be on that inactive list. So that's one. I would go ahead and count on Cameron Hayward uh, being being held out of this game. There's no reason to play him uh, in this game because of his age. And, and you know, uh, he, he doesn't need to play. And plus, they've got an extra defensive lineman or two that can, that can handle that rotation. I would not expect Joe Hayden to play. Uh, they want to try to keep that was him. My next question. That was my next question. Yeah, I would not expect Joe Hayden to play. So that, that's, uh, that's another one there. I would not be shocked because they 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 they've got an extra running back on on the 53 man roster uh and last week the rookie Anthony McFarland was uh was inactive and they really need to get him some carries or whatnot and I would not be surprised if James Conner is held out of this game every time that Ben Roethlisberger sits out one of these we need to rest a guy type game Marquise Pouncey always sits out as well too so I would expect Pouncey Roethlisberger uh, Cam Hayward, Joe Hayden, and maybe James Conner. That's five right there. And, of course, we'll see how injuries, you know, if there's anybody that's injured that uh, needs to sit out. So those are the mainstays. One other – look, they don't – if T.J. Watt plays, he's not going to play the full game. I mean, that, that that's kind of silly. But they're kind of light on outside linebackers, right? They have uh, uh, five in total, and one was inactive last week with it with an injury. So they might dress T.J. Watt, uh, might lather him up a little bit, play him about first quarter or something, and then pull him to the side there. Uh, but those are probably the, the five big names uh, right there. And we'll see what happens with Stefan to it. He's probably not going to play the full game. They'll probably try to get David DeCastro out of there uh, uh, kind of quick as well, too. So, you know, any, any veteran guy you'll start that does play, they're probably going to have a hook on them about as many of them as they can, of course, at about halftime. So is it, are the Steelers, is their mindset just, I mean, I know there's situations and scenarios where you can move up to what the second seed, but is the mood and just the attitude like we're the third seed. It is what it is. Let's come into the playoffs healthy and just forget all about this week 17 game against the Browns. Basically now Mike Tomlin today, you know, spoke to the media. Yeah. Yada, yada, trying to win. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, we all, we all know. I mean, in so many words, he said, look, you know, the chiefs have the number one seed. So that's unattainable. That's the bed that we made. We got to lie in it. 
all that. Uh, you know, there's no difference. Is there really a difference between the second and third seed at this point? I mean, uh, they're already going to play at home uh, at worst as the number three seed. Playing for the number two seed is not worth the risk of playing some of these guys. Now, will they will they formulate a generic game plan to try to win this thing? Absolutely. Look, I mean, you you can't just tell players to lay down. I mean, right. a lot of you know uh, uh, guys are playing for their future and trying to make an impression and put put good things down on tape and all. But let's let let you know. Let's make no mistake about it. This game means nothing for the Steelers in the win loss column because there really is no no really noticeable difference between the, the the number two and number three seed at this point in this new format. My my thought on everything you said, I agree with. It's logical, but considering the past month, the past month that they've had, if if is there any component of them looking at this of hey, let's get some things tuned up before we do play the games that do matter? Because up until that Colts win, which that was a nail biter for you guys, I'm assuming. And us. And us. Yeah, thank you, by the way. Um, It's like, this isn't the Steelers of old, just blatantly, like, where you can skip out the the past two games going into the playoffs. Like, you're not where you thought you were towards the beginning of the season when you're undefeated. You ran into a losing streak. It happens. But is there a component of, let's figure out some things, Let's have some guys fight for their positions. I don't know anything along the lines of that and uh, shut out a division opponent in the process. I, I see where you're going, but let's be honest with each other here. What, uh, what, what are you going to accomplish in, in let's say a good half of football? Okay. Because once again, the win isn't overly important. So, and then you, you are kind of coming out at least on a positive on the second half of that Colts game. Now, if you, uh, if you, if you win it, if you had won the Colts game and it been a good first half and yeah, you just hold on barely. You have, if if the halves were reversed, then you know you you know maybe you're thinking, oh Lord, what what the heck's going on here? But uh, at least they got at, you know they they worked out a few things in the second half of that game. The defense obviously played better, and offense you know 14 times better than they did in the first half. You're you're not they're not going to solve their running game in one half of football. Period. I mean, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And here's the thing, too: what happens if they turn around and have to play the Browns uh, in the first round of playoffs? Do you really want to put a lot? You know, look, what's on tape is on tape, right? I mean, teams. Let's face it: teams, do, due to the CBA and all like that, you don't get a lot of time in practice to change up stuff throughout the season. You are what you are, pretty much the time that you break training camp. Yeah, you put some wrinkles on on some things and some formations and some and some personnel groupings. You change a couple of route uh, route combinations, uh, you know, uh, on a couple of play calls here and there. But but you are pretty much who you are at this point. Uh, in the season. So what you do is look, the, this game is obviously a lot more important to the Browns than it is the Steelers. So you go in there very generic. Look, you got to get Mason Rudolph some work here. You got to find out who he is. Uh, you got, you know, this is really his first real game. Now he did play in the Bengals game for a half after getting conked over the head by miles Garrett, you know, uh, a, a year ago there, but 
you know, he was awful in that game and he got benched in that game and, and outside of getting a little bit of work in that Jets game after Duck got benched last season, he really got, he didn't get his steps and all he's got in this season is a couple of kneel downs, you know? So you got to at least get uh, uh, Mason Rudolph some work. God forbid you should need him at any point. Uh, during the playoffs. So there is nothing to gain whatsoever to go all the out trying to beat Cleveland. No, I will say I've been saying this on the podcast the last few weeks. I've been saying it to Raleigh off mic that, and I've been preaching this to people that listen to us as well to not get caught up in all those 50 million different scenarios of who has to win this and do this and that for us to have this happen. It's just a headache. And it's just a, it's a panic attack. You just don't need to put yourself through However, all of that being said, I'd be lying if I said I have not been, unfortunately, very much noticing the possibility of us having to go to Pittsburgh if we win this Sunday to play you guys for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if that's if that's what the draw is, that's what the draw is, right? <laughs> Which would be just outrageous. Yeah. Well, we'll, have, we'll take it, though. I mean, I mean, <laughs> just get us there, get us somewhere in january and, and look let, let, let's not kid ourselves here yeah yeah the, the, the steelers have had uh it's not it's not been a good month of december right uh no, you know nobody nobody should try to paint paint it that way but if you had been in a if you take a steelers fan and, and, and you said look well we're gonna put you in a coma and when you get out of this thing you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be uh what are they 11 uh 12 and 3 uh uh, heading into the finale, will you take it no matter what the scenario is? There'd be people cutting off fingers to trade for that, you know, uh, uh, that kind of thing. So yep. I, 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 and I'm sure it would be the same with the Browns right now, regardless of what happened has happened with you guys right now up until this point. If you, if, you know, if someone told you, look, at the beginning of the season, I promise you that they will be going into week 17 uh, playing a Steelers team that does not need to win for a right to go into playoffs and oh yeah if you it might result in you having to play pittsburgh back-to-back -back weeks you guys would have been jumping off bridges to do that you know the, so, 480, the 480 bridge to be exact <laughs> but yeah so so no you guys should sit back and watch the game and you know chart it or or, or what have you and try to learn as much as much of you know, about about whatever team that, that, that they might end up uh, facing but yeah don't give yourself an ulcer you know, unless you're behind on the scoreboard to the Steelers uh, uh, at some point. But look, you guys are, uh, as of this morning, I think we're seven-point favorites over the Steelers. The last time I believe the Browns were seven-point favorites over the Steelers was 1989. I was three years out of high school uh, when when that happened. So I was three uh, months old. So so live it up. So you brought this up a, a second ago. So m the last thing I wanted to ask you here tonight, Dave is and the reason why i uh, respect your opinion on this next question is because i know that at steelers depot the terrible podcast you guys are football guys you guys don't really play into the drama or the clickbait shit that you'll see uh, you know on other blogs other sites what is the temperature like I, I still see people are still trying to force the rudolph garrett story to come back not that it ever totally went away and I, obviously no matter whose side you're on you know the one guy is the um aggressor the other guy's not um what is the temperature like of that storyline for the Pittsburgh sidelines here? Is that still being talked about? Are people just kind of forgotten about it? Is this the the last chapter in that story, the him against him on on you know this coming Sunday, or what's the deal there? Uh, really, for the most part, it, it's not that big a deal now. Remember, it, it this is Tuesday. 
Mike Tomlin just announced earlier today that Mason Rudolph's going to be the starter. Uh, the mach- the media machine's just getting started. <laughs> yeah, you know? true. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Mary Kay Cabot's going to, I'm, I'm sure, start digging in, asking asking uh, 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 Stefanski and Miles Garrett and asking all your side about the storyline because Mason's playing. I think Mason's probably going to meet the media in Pittsburgh on, on probably Wednesday or Thursday. He's going to get 16 different questions about it as well, too. So it's, here we are on Tuesday night. Is it a story right now? No. But as the week goes on, by the time we get to kick off and the pregame shows, you're going to see that clip 25 times, I bet you. Okay, so yep. uh, it, 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 it all boils down right now to just – the the teams themselves, the media is going to do what they what they do, right? I mean, no, nobody's going to stop that. The questions all like that. Just trying to down both sides just need to try to downplay this thing as much as they can, and and just go for that. This is a big game for Mason Rudolph. A yep. Uh, a you got to figure. He wants. He would love nothing than to pull a Landry Jones and 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 beat the Browns in Week 17, even though it's a meaningless game, and that somehow keep Miles Garrett and the Browns out of playoffs. So it's personal to him. Okay. Uh, second, they need to find out who this kid is. All right. One way or the other, they got to find out who this kid is. Now, uh, he's probably not going to have Marquise Pouncey in front of him, and that's that's not going to be fair, but at least he should have all five wide receivers out there and, and a good portion of the offense line. They really need to find out who this kid is in Mason Rudolph on Sunday. If he craps the bed uh, like he did, you know, uh, 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 you know, against the Browns last season and, and in the first half of football that he played against the Bengals, then, you know, that – you know, you got to you got to really question then what is he at that point there? So the big storyline will probably come back to look, we know who Miles Garrett is, right? I mean, guys uh, competing for, you know, defensive player of the year right now. Nobody's going to question, well, is Miles Garrett worth this or that the other you know we already know he's a premier player in the national football league you know uh, uh top paid you know edge rusher in the league that that kind of thing here the big storyline and the most pressure in this game if you ask me is going to fall on the two quarterbacks in this game baker mayfield especially coming off the game that he just came off of and mason rudolph and then that should be the storyline but before kickoff like i said you're going to see the miles garrett Mason Rudolph storyline twisted 18 different ways. Dave, always appreciate having you on. Like I said, the last time we had you on, the reason why you're always my favorite uh, opposing team uh, guest to bring on is because you naturally answered five plus questions I have written down. <laughs> oh, I talk I a lot. I, I, no, 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 no. But it, it, it's art. It's beautiful. And that's why you're my, like, my favorite interview to do here. But as you know, you've been on here a few times before. Before we close out, once again, Dave Bryan, creator of SteelersDepot.com and host of the Terrible Podcast. Check them out. Look, it's tough to say, but it's a hell of a website. They bust their butts over there. They have more content than probably many other team websites you'll ever find. Um, we got to end it with predictions here. So you're the guest. You're going to have to go first. Then I'll go and Raleigh will close this out. Uh, okay, uh, I'll do this. Uh, uh, Browns, look, the, the Steelers defense should be able to play 
okay in this one. Uh, but I don't think the Steelers are going to win this. I, I, I just think it's a little asking too much to try to get some of these guys out of the game, uh, that kind of thing. I think the Steelers cover that seven, though, somehow. So let's go 23-17 to 17 Browns. So uh, uh, take that extra $100 that, that Grandma gave you and uh, put it, put it uh, on Steelers plus the seven points in this one. My predictions never have the Browns losing, but with this one, I see the Browns winning, but I think it's going to be something real, just dumb and obnoxious scoreboard wise. I'm saying Browns 16, Steelers nine. Hmm. I'm going to go with Browns 36, Steelers 14. It's been a long December for the Steelers. Let's hope it continues (laughs) in the new year. Dave Bryant, thank you again very much, sir, for coming on. Best of luck to you over there on Sunday, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Peace and love, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. A long December, and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. So that does it for us. We'll see you guys back next week after the Steelers game. Raleigh, say goodnight. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Cleveland. I still believe. I still believe as well. Good night, Cleveland.